Hello and welcome to Zeus Plugs End of Year Special where we get the chance to take a look back at what Doctor Who has given us in 2017. I mean not much really, just a new uh, showrunner, new Doctor, new Doctor gender, new full season, new companion and of course the most excitingly the long awaited return of Damaris Heyman in White Witch of Devil's End available now on DVD on Amazon UK <laughs> at a steal for £14.99. I've been waiting for that one for quite a while uh joining me uh two seasoned podcast pros the doctor who shows rob Irwin and beyond the sofas peter adamson welcome to you both hello hello so let's start at the end really uh now we've had just under a week now it's the 31st so um just under a week to digest twice upon a time which of course was peter capaldi's last episode stephen moffat's last episode and jodie whittaker's first uh glimpse i guess you could call it um now rob you did like an instant reaction episode uh, on the Doctor Who show um, so That's that was right. pretty much straight after you saw it you've had a bit of time now to percolate where, where are you sitting now and what was your what was your initial reaction my initial reaction was there wasn't a whole lot going on it was just a lot of you know speeches here and there loosely tied together with a story that could have been really really good but which they just didn't dig into at all and I gave it a six and a half out of ten I'm feeling about the same now I it hasn't really improved in my mind or or gone down further you know it's it, it had some nice moments but it also was a bit flat for me so quite a lot crammed in obviously uh multi-doctor story um the the return of bill the farewell of the 12th doctor the new doctor um did it do any of those things right? Uh, I don't think the first Doctor needed to be there at all. That was one of my big criticisms of it. I think you could have got rid of him and had a, a much more of a story going on there instead of just two Doctors, you know, doing one-liners at each other. It was nice to see Bill back, although I felt like she wasn't quite back. And in fact, my podcasting partner, Dave, said to me, you know, it's because it's not really her. It's just a collection of her memories. So it's not, <laughs> it's not really Bill back. Mm. And I thought, oh... That's kind of interesting. Maybe that's why I'm feeling that way. On the whole, I was just left feeling pretty nonplussed with the whole thing, I'm sorry to say, because I quite like the Capaldi Doctor, and I think Stephen Moffat can write brilliant stories on his day. This one just left me flat. Peter, are you are you also flat? I don't know Rob very well, Jono, but I'm warming to him by the second, because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he pretty much speaks for me as well. My podcasting mate, Dave, um, also sort of likened the episode to a coda, which I think is a pretty good comparison. I mean, we all know that um, Moffat was sort of uh, persuaded to stay, uh, as the lingo goes. Um, and what we got was a very light story. I mean, even the regeneration is not his work. It's uh, Chris Chibnall's. And leading up to it, it's a very, very light story. There's no build. There's no... Denouement. Uh, we sort of have to take the explanation for what the testimony is with a bit of a hand wave and say, yeah, well, you know, they're not bad, so ergo, they're good. Um, I did like the first Doctor's return, but um, I have issues with the portrayal of the first Doctor. So there we are. Issues as in... Oh, well, come the on. Kind of the kind of the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, the 90s, the 90s versions, sorry, the 1960s version through the 2010s lens or at least Moffat's lens um, in terms of Bill um, yeah, it would have been easy to engage with Bill if we didn't have the Doctor doubting her every time she opened her mouth um, and all I can mm. sort of say is possibly there's a callback there to the five Doctors you know that a person in this case is the sum of their memories literally mm. in this in the story did you um, 
going back to the first doctor part and this is to both of you so did, did you think that david bradley did well enough or <laughs> like did you ever believe it was the first doctor i guess no bluntly no uh, he, he was delivering lines like william shatner like did hartnell ever talk like that like that was just bizarre i mean they got the look of his costume right they, they spent a lot of time on that his costume looked wonderful and there were a few scenes where he was creeping around on his own on that planet where he found the dalek gun in the bushes and i thought oh this is kind of this is kind of all right mm. Mm, but on the whole i just i just don't like him as the first doctor he's a better william hartnell if I can put mm. it that way, like when he's doing an adventure in time and space, he's a better Hartnell than he is a first Doctor. Mm. Uh, um, again, going back to the five Doctors, I can hear William Hurt, uh, well Richard Herndl in my in my head saying, "You did quite well." <laughs> um, <laughs> he's he's not Phil Hartnell. <laughs> he's nah. but he's a caricature of of the first Doctor, um, for better or for worse. And uh, I think that's pretty much the best you can hope for in any multi Doctor story. For previous incarnations mm. i agree with rob i think the inflections were a little bit off um i know bradley's capable of more maybe, maybe he needed someone sort of reining him in a bit more and saying a bit more depth oh i mm. feel a cad critiquing a, a senior actor's performance so in terms of the the returning sort of elements we had you know but a, a little bit like i mean it did feel a bit like the time of the doctor really didn't it i mean mm. you had your your little flashback to the favorite companion um with a, a nice green screened jenna coleman um which i think was the last <laughs> scene shot it was like the very last scene of the of the stephen moffat era shot was was jenna coleman's uh return she's uh, dead she's finally dead yeah <laughs> We could take that as red now that she's a memory. Tears there for either of you? No. No. <laughs> no. Not 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 at all. And I was saying on our podcast, this is something that normally, you know, modern Doctor Who is all about defeals. And even though I rally against it, sometimes defeals can get me. When Amy Pond came back with Smithy, I don't even like Amy Pond. And that moment really grabbed me. Yeah. Whereas this one just left me absolutely cold. Just not interested. Not at all? That was fine. Not unwelcome. The the pulse doesn't race much higher than that, Jono. Sorry. It doesn't. Well, no, I'm just, it's kind of just like talking about it now. There isn't really a lot to talk about, is there? I mean, Rust, no. Rusty came back. <laughs> but there isn't. Hey, it's I, just I, not I, a very. It's quite lightweight. The episode really isn't it when you when you look back at it. Very much so. I, d- I did like one aspect of Rusty's return. Uh, I didn't feel it needed to be Rusty, but. Um, I guess it was a visual gag that um, Rusty puts himself in a place where no other Dalek can get to him at the top of a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> but what a strange character to bring back. I mean, he wasn't that memorable. It's probably one of Capaldi's least likable stories. Well, Capaldi is probably at his least likable in Into the Dalek. Mm. What a strange thing to go back and try and tie up some loose ends with what Rusty's up to, of mm. all people. And this whole idea of, oh, the Daleks have a better database than the Time Lords, I said on our podcast, come on, that's crazy. Mm. And my Dave, because it seems we've both got a Dave. Um, <laughs> Everybody needs a Dave. <laughs> on, on our podcast. My Dave said, you know, they could have done that with a line. You know, they could have said, we've got to go to the Time Lords. And then Capaldi would look at the First Doctor and say, oh, no, but you can't. Okay, let's go to the next best thing, which is the Daleks. But to say the Daleks had a better database, ugh, crazy. 
so this is this is Peter Capaldi's last episode. The Twelfth Doctor is gone. How how did it, it how did he finish? I guess because there was sort of the episode and then his part. We haven't even talked about Mark Gatiss, but I mean, do we need to talk about Mark Gatiss? He's fine. Hmm? You know, walking talking unit dating conspiracy now. Indeed. I actually found his acting to be really good. I was very surprised by it, particularly some of the quieter scenes um, that he had where he was reflecting on things. I I was pleasantly surprised by what, with what Gatiss did in this one. Hmm. Now, John, you said, you know, it's his last story. I really take his last story to be, to be the episode before this. And oh, like it, was said earlier, to it again. <laughs> <laughs> like we were saying earlier, yeah, this, this is a sort of a coda. Um, I think he did much better in the, in the previous episode. This was just not so good for me. You know, it was forced on them to do. I, I would have loved if he'd regenerated when he was meant to. And this was just a, a Christmas episode from Chibbers, but he didn't want to do it. And, you know, that's going to be history from now on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could literally just edit the last five minutes of Twice Upon a Time onto the end of The Doctor Falls. And there's your episode. You probably could. So yeah. he goes back to the TARDIS in the Doctor Falls, and then mansplains to Jody what uh, has to <laughs> has to <laughs> happen in the future, and then regenerates. Okay, cool. They could totally work. Um, but so, but, but but this is his last episode, Rob. So so like as as a let's look at the last five minutes. Like was that a good send off? Because for me, if I can say, it did feel it felt very. Um, it felt like a bit of a return on the whole Matt Smith thing again. The walk around the TARDIS, the big vent, and then boom. Uh, I'll, I'll go second not. this time. Yeah. <laughs> very, very, very gracious. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of the, a little bit of the Matt Smith. I, a huge bit of the, the tenant for me because, you know, it's another petulant teenagers trashing their room um, as they regenerate. But there's obviously there's a meta reason for that, um, which we could probably come into. A lot of a lot of talky talky, um, too much. Um, in terms of the mansplaining and the speechifying, you know, nice nod to Bertrand Russell in there, but um, nah, too much. Kind of a random bit about how children can hear his name. That was quite odd. Do you know the story behind that? No. So apparently, this is something that Capaldi had said um, at the, the the big press screening of um, Deep Breath. Um, so it goes all the way back to that and it's another sort of meta touch I don't think it really it, it really did sort of stand out for the wrong reasons in the speech but I guess it's a nice indulgence to your um, to your star yeah and for me it was just Smithy was Smithy light you know it just retrod the same you know steps as, as Smithy although not as good you know his 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 final little speech I just was like hey okay all right, it, it just had no heft, no weight for me at all, mm. uh, and this is all just playing back into this just being a fairly ordinary, disappointing sort of episode for me. And I hate saying that because I love the Capaldi Doctor; I think mm. he's great. Mm. The last, uh, I think that's covered. Is there anything else in the episode you want to talk about before we get into the regeneration? No, no, no. Cool. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, the regeneration itself. So, uh, still classic pose, arm stretched, lots of orange nothing new there mm-hmm. um what, what do you think in terms of where does it sit in regenerations is it kind of up there oh not really i mean the faces <laughs> didn't even meld into one another 
You know, I, I, I think they weren't even in the same place. You know, they relied on that close-up of the eyes more than anything. There was no sort of face morphing into, you know, like Eccleston morphing into Tennant or, you know, that mm. kind of thing. And it was like, okay, I get the eyes thing. That's sort of a throwback to um, Day of the Doctor, I guess. Uh, but on the whole, it was blowing the TARDIS up. It was a, sort of a Tennant retread. It was kind of like we've seen this all before. It mm. wasn't particularly interesting. I think maybe the faces not matching might have been a bit of a throwback to Hartnell to Troughton. It's interesting, yeah. <laughs> Which, incidentally, was the regeneration I did like in this episode. I thought the recreations <laughs> of, of uh, Hartnell's regeneration were were rather beautifully done. Shame they couldn't acknowledge that Ben and Polly were in the room with him. But then, given the Ben and Polly we got, maybe not. Uh, (laughs) it does um, seem there were things cut out of the episode it seems they had shot other scenes that mimicked 10th planet and they're just not in there at all because they had some amazing sets like there were photos Mm. out there of the sets they built which which looked great it's exactly right cyberman yeah yeah and and was there maybe a scene where the first doctor does get back together with ben and polly so we know that he's actually gone back and picked them up not just gone to the tars and regenerated on his own which is the impression you get no, there mm. is a shot of the TARDIS going back to the South Pole. There's oh, definitely is there? A shot of the, uh, definitely a shot of the TARDIS returning to the South Pole. So but not I them think, together. No, so I'm assuming it's just. But it kind of the, the way it cuts, it could you could it, you could fit it in. Uh, in terms of, um, I guess, because obviously Chris Chibnall wrote that last scene, and and I guess everything moved to where he needed it to be. Um, and there's rumours next year of, of it being a, a TARDIS light series. Um, It'd be a very light TARDIS now with everything shaken out of it. Yeah. <laughs> whole lot of whole lot of what looked like... I mean, is, is that kind of a, a nice little metaphor of the TARDIS shaking out a whole lot of pages of script? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't sit for anything else. Um, some very uncharitable comments on, on social media about a woman driver, but no, I think that... Um, it, it's got you've got to see it for a new broom sweeping clean mm. did she yeah. have her sonic screwdriver with her when she fell i, I imagine so it being jacket pocket or something but the sunglasses are gone right the sunglasses are gone <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> it's all i ask <laughs> you, know, you know one thing we haven't touched on and we should do briefly is just the music we had a lot of old themes coming back and i think that was mm. probably murray gold sort of bidding farewell to his own music within the show like retreading mm. a few old themes because it, it seems quite apparent that Murray's off as well wow who mm. is coming back is, is anybody coming back so Chris Chibnall obviously but anybody do we know of any writers or anyone that's still involved from the new series they may need a new Dalek operator uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think but might be able to come back no no indeed <laughs> um yeah, look, just thinking about it, there, there's these conflicting rumours that A, there is a writer's room for this new series, but B, Chibnall is writing all of this new series himself, at least the first one. They sort of conflict with each other, uh, and they're both out there at the moment. Unless it's a workshop um, idea, mm. which, you know, wouldn't begrudge. I think there were some scripts in the last series that could have really done with a bit more of a a, uh, a focus group approach. That's the other thing as well. This episode's the last, I mean, if we can sort of move on from, from that, the last um, proper episode of Stephen Moffat's era. Um, mm. We've obviously talked a lot about, particularly the Capaldi era on 
juice plugged. But um, how? how it, it, I, I feel it's time. Do you feel it's time? Is it? Is his, is his run done? Mm, I think it's over time, really. Yeah, um, same. There were some good stories in, uh, this year, but they were scattered amongst some questionable stuff. Um, how much do you want to litigate over this, John? <laughs> because we could go on. <laughs> go for it, Pete. Why not? It's the end of the year. Yeah, well, okay. So um, uh, my podcasting mate, Dave, um, was probably a bit more of a fan of the Pyramid um, three-story arc than I was. Um, and yet, um, on the other the other side of it, the um, the Cyberman two-parter was really strong stuff. And you know, like Rob, I think um, I would have preferred that to have been you know, the end to Capaldi. And if it had been the end to, to, to Moffat's time, then that would have been a great way to go out. It's a shame, in a way, that we've got this sort of guttering um, effect at the end. When do, you think yeah, the Moffat, I, when, when, like, when do you think the Moffat era should have ended? We, like, in an ideal scenario? After the first season of Capaldi? Yeah, funnily enough, yes. You know, about two series ago, although when he came back for this final series, it was better than the one before it to my mind anyway so mm. if he had gone then we wouldn't have got what we have now which is you know an interesting thing to think about but yeah probably about two two series ago there's a new interview uh with Stephen moffat uh by toby haydock on the big finish uh podcast oh who's around series who's around um oh. which is i think it's about an hour an hour hour and a half long um, the audio quality is atrocious, so um, good luck listening to it. But um, but the, Stephen Moffat said that series nine is probably his secret favourite. Mm, I don't nine. know what to say about that. <laughs> um, some interesting questions in there as well, uh, where he was basically put to him what was what didn't work and what did, um, and what didn't work. Uh, he sort of trots out the usual the beast below, um, and. Some of that at all, few items here and there, but was reasonably um, didn't didn't go into too much detail. So, hmm. not that much, you know, excitement. Time may tell. Hmm. It always does. Well, I don't know. We're still waiting for the goss <laughs> on Russell T Davies <laughs> on the um, on the, the Eccleston Eccleston era. <laughs> yeah, mm, true. So to sum up, obviously, end of Capaldi, end of Moffat. Um, how 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 did how did 2017 feel to you as a whole from a Doctor Who point of view? We got a lot of stuff compared to 2016, mm. so a mixed bag. Definitely a mixed bag. Things got pretty mad, sort of podcasting this year for some reason. Um, with with us and and Beyond the Sofa, um, quite often doing two episodes in one fell swoop. But um, I've lost the thread of where I was going. Quick, Rob, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was I was going to say I'm quite happy with the year we've had I, I quite enjoyed Series 10 overall There are a few clunkers here and there But on the whole it was a return to form It was better than the series before it uh, It's disappointing that it's gone out In this particular way But uh, I always had some trepidation With Capaldi going out on a Christmas episode That it might not be so good uh, And the inclusion of the Hartnell Doctor Or uh, a parody of the Hartnell Doctor I should say Um sealed the deal it's a disappointing end to what was a fairly good year for me i really enjoyed bill this year i thought she was a, a great addition to the to the uh to the tardis mm. um and as i say there were some standout episodes uh even gatus's uh, episode this year although pretty light 
Um, oh, really? Come on. It had, had my favorite monsters in it, so... Um, and your favorite planet. I'm, I'm easily pleased. So. And my favorite planet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, probably more more good than bad. But yeah, I, oh man, I wish we'd, we'd finished with the Doctor Fools. Well, we didn't, so we're just going to have to suck it up, aren't we? Um, yes, indeed. And let's look at the uh, the, the New Year's Honours list. And um, what I've asked both Rob and Pete to do is to, to come up with a New Year's honours recipient and also a new year's dishonours recipient as well um and pete i think we'll start with you all right well i said we'd come to it um so here it is my my honor this year goes to young josh Schneers of adelaide rob of adelaide um oh. of the fast return um youtube um program from this week in fact so josh for me is a new generation fan with an old generation head mainly for his spirited defence of Bill Hartnell over the past couple of days, uh, particularly in the face of was the uh, was the, the Bradley Doctor just a little bit far too much of a, of a caricature uh, mm-hmm. and a sexist one at that. Uh, but I think it bodes well to have a voice like his which acknowledges the innovation and the risk-taking of the past um, of the likes of uh, Verity Lambert and company um, alongside the voice in the face of the new series. We need more like him going forward. And your dishonour, Pete? My dishonour? Um, look, I've nothing against Nick Pegg. <laughs> I've never met him. Um, and he'll always be my go-to for superior scholarly knowledge of all things Bowie. But The Watcher this year went off the boil um, before the departure of The Watcher. Um, it wouldn't leave Black Orchid well alone. <laughs> it got very repetitious. Um, uh, and politics or not, you know, the... Uh, his, the departure of the Watcher, uh, particularly that rather petulant uh, acrostic, was a clear case of personality over professionalism. Mm. It was a sad end to a column which used to genuinely entertain me. And um, mm. boo. Uh, the Watcher was the only thing that <laughs> kept me wanting to subscribe. It was the first, it was the first thing, thing I, I read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rob, your New Year's honours and dishonours. Okie dokie. My New Year's honours nominee is. Chris Chibnall. Mm. I guess, much like Barack Obama getting the Nobel Peace Prize before he'd actually done anything, (laughs) I'd like to award this in the same spirit. That is the spirit of what we hope he will do. You know, we know he's shaking things up. We know he's trying new stuff, not just in terms of female doctor, but the way the show will look, the way it will feel. So let's put aside those past stories that make people cringe or that TV appearance circa 1986 where he tells Pip and Jane Baker that Terror of the Vervoids is boring when arguably it's the best story in Trial of a Time Lord. And let's hope for a bright new tomorrow, which will kick off with this award. And your dishonor. <laughs> My dishonour goes to fandom. There are some lovely people in fandom, but it's its its own worst enemy half the time. And this isn't actually unique to Doctor Who by any means. <laughs> I stopped doing the Who Wars podcast some time ago because I was absolutely jack of Star Wars fandom in particular. And although I regretted that around the time of Force Awakens, I've been absolutely delighted to not be in it lately with The Last <laughs> Jedi, you know, and all that stuff going on. It's just ugly and bitter. And while I even understand some of the complaints about the film, things like that petition for Disney to wipe it from the canon, it's just like, are you guys for real? You're embarrassing. And, you know, Doctor Who fans sometimes aren't far behind that. So, yeah, Dishonor this year goes to fandom. There is a, an interesting tweet, uh, which I saw today from departing brand manager Edward Russell 
Uh, I'm mm-hmm. just going to quickly bring it up now because um, he had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, there, there we go. My last day at the BBC. Some advice. Be good to Doctor Who and it will be good to you in return. Love it and embrace it. Don't ever hate on it. And it will share its magic with you forever. I saw that and he posted a lot of pictures like him mm. and Liz Sladen and him and some other people. And I actually tweeted at him and said, gosh, you've seen some stuff, haven't you? And he, he liked the tweet. Um, yeah, mm. I, I know the tweet you mean. It was quite nice. All right, my New Year's honours is to the production team on the new release of Sharda uh, for finally proving that the story is not all that. Um, But in an excellent, (laughs) wonderful way that ticks all the boxes and obviously a lot of love has been put into creating it. Um, It's interesting, it's one story. It's one big, long story. They don't do episode chunks, which probably makes sense. Um, But about two-thirds of the way through it already and it's actually really beautifully done and some of the recreation stuff that they've done where they've you know filmed on cameras from the 1970s in 4.3 you know it's all Mm. it looks like a lot of love went into that and it's really one of the best it would be the last Doctor Who DVD I ever buy um, but it was a goodie inside if you can see it i'd recommend it you you flogged all your other dvds didn't you johnno will that I sit did. on an empty shelf no yeah uh, i'll probably flog this one too <laughs> uh my dishonor would be to whoever the genius was that decided that announcing john sims return would be a good idea in season 10 um what could have been i guess what could have been if we hadn't known and it's actually got me thinking when was the last time you got a truly amazing like jaw-dropping surprise from doctor who and i was thinking it was the doctor regenerating in uh the stolen earth yeah i think you might be right it's the 10th doctor getting hit by that dalek that that was genuinely surprising i hadn't heard a thing about it up until then uh you see mine is wolf knocking that it was wolf ah ah yeah good that was that was a feels moment well, hopefully, uh, Mr. Chibnall, you can bring back a few of those moments to the series. Uh, before we go, predictions for 2018. Uh, I always ask you guys for these, so hopefully you've, you've got one or two or however many you want. Uh, Rob, do you want to start off? Hopefully I don't steal too many here because I, I think these are fairly <laughs> obvious things to say, so I'll just say them. I think the Whittaker era is going to be a little 1970s flavoured. The first hint was the uh, the TARDIS in her publicity shot looking like the mid-70s Barry Newbury TARDIS with the black sign and a different sort of shape and so on. The next hint was there's some sort of overarching theme coming for this series and more on that in a moment. The third hint was probably the TARDIS blowing up inside and then winking out of existence as she fell to Earth. Basically, I think she's going to be stuck on Earth like Pertwee looking for the TARDIS. That's the overarching theme. And when she finds it, it's the 70s prop. And to top that off, what if they recreate her reveal video in one of the episodes, except it's in costume this time, when she finds the TARDIS sitting in a little forest clearing um, with the key leading her there or something like that. Fan theories, eh? Bonkers. That would be nice. I like that idea. Hmm. Yeah, and it's not, it wouldn't be the first time they've recreated something like that. Um, you know, there was uh, Bill and Capaldi and the Daleks, and they worked mm. that into an episode. So I think they could work that scene into an episode and just have her in costume, perhaps. Or maybe not in costume, maybe have it as is. She's wearing oh, those she's, clothes for some other reason. She's got to be in a costume, Rob. Yeah, it's, it's, kids yeah, are still true. watching. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think, um, uh, God, is it Johnny Morris um, on Twitter? Uh, today was saying that you know with with the the doctor's ring falling off a finger 
Um, thank goodness it wasn't his pants as well. Um, after the first generation. <laughs> Sorry, John. I brought the brought the tone down. John, my prediction. Yes. The new Doctor will have an early spurt, and then will level off. No, no, no! Don't draw me to anything more than that. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> Outside the new series, um, I'll stick my neck out and say we'll have another recovery of uh, something old. I don't think it'll be big. I don't think it'll be earth-shattering um, or complex, um, and it won't be anything complete. Um, but it'll be a nice find, and it'll just keep us going again for a bit longer. Well, here's the thing, isn't it? If you look at the Omni rumor. Moffat's just finished. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Moffat's Moffat is no longer the showrunner. That was that was conditional, wasn't it? Mm. And then Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> still, still waiting for the three M's. Was it uh, Marco Polo, Massacre, yep. and Macrotera? Was that the that was the thing? I missed the oh, days so of the much. Omni rumor where where Pukui was putting all of these amazing little posts on Gallifrey Base, which you know were sounded amazing, uh, which were probably all shit. To be fair, is Pukui still on Gallifrey Base, Pete? I'm not on Gallifrey Base anymore, Jono, so I don't. Oh, right. Okay, <laughs> Rob, are you on Gallifrey Base? Do you? Uh, do you I I update I, I update my podcast thread on there, but that's all. I don't really oh, right. dive into anything else. Mm. Proof for the best. Um, my prediction for 2018 is that, and I don't, I, I don't even know whether this is technically possible based on what the BBC does with the way that they broadcast their shows, but just, you know, in, in this brave new world of streaming, given that they don't have an iPlayer that sort of globally works, I think that, I think there's going to be a Netflix deal. And I don't think it's going to be for all the for the major markets like America and New Zealand and Australia and the UK and all of that. But I think I think Doctor Who is going to go out on Netflix in those kind of other markets where they don't normally sell it on a week by week basis. That'd be interesting. I mean, Netflix mm. sort of not that it's going to be a really big injection, but Netflix might just sort of need a few more points of difference post Disney Fox arrangement. Because mm. like, um, so the BBC is obviously not doing they're not they're not trying to be a Netflix. Like there's the international iPlayer floating around, but I, I don't think it's a huge thing. Uh, or at least if you get it, it's not. It's not like you, you're tapping into what's showing in the UK. Mm. So, yeah, just interested. And and eventually, I mean, one day if Doctor Who comes back or you know continues, it 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 may be on a Netflix drop every episode on the 31st of December kind of vibe. And then we'll finally get the special edition and Silver Nemesis, right? <laughs> finally <laughs> um, well that's very exciting I, here's to 2018 and may it be um, you know a, the, the, the start of a new chapter the turning over of a new leaf um, yes indeed anything else? something along those lines um, but anyway thank you Rob and Pete thank you very much for, for coming on and celebrating the end of 2017 on Zeus Plug and uh, we will be back in the new year at some point with um Something exciting. Something cool. Excellent. I hope. Thanks for having uh, me, John. Well, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. And, uh, of course, Beyond the Sofa and the Doctor Who Show, two excellent Doctor Who podcasts, which will probably be a little bit more regular than Zeus Plug in the interim. 
wow, beyond the sofa, maybe not. I mean, you're kind of, you're a bit patchy, but Doctor Who show is, is reasonably consistent. Um, yeah, we've had our fibre. Yeah. So um, make sure you check them out. If you want to get in touch, our Facebook um, address is Zeus Plug and our email address is ZeusPlugPodcast at gmail.com. I'm Johnny Park. We will catch you in 2018. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you.